0: Welcome to the Breathful Podcast. I'm Adriana Losada and today we're taking on 10 motherhood myths. Culturally, we may have this idealized dream of life with baby where everything falls into place seamlessly and that all you need to take care of your little one is love and the things on your registry. Oh, if it were so. Tracy Kutchlow helps examine those myths and more. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by Mommy Steps Maternity Souls, created specifically to properly support your pregnancy and postpartum feet. Receive the special 20% off for Birthful listeners using the code birthful on checkout at MaternityInSouls.com. This episode of Birthful is also brought to you by Bump Boxes, the monthly pregnancy subscription box that delivers healthy pregnancy mom and baby products. Get 35% off your first box in a subscription with code BIRTHFUL at BumpBoxes.com. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, Mighty Parents and Parents-to-be. As always, thank you so, so much for listening and for all the love you give the show. If what you hear is helpful and you'd like to best support this podcast, then support its sponsors, who in this week's case are Mommy Steps, Maternity Insoles, and Bump Boxes. A quick announcement to all doulas, childbirth educators, and other birth workers in Northern California that I will be in the Sunnyvale, Santa Clara area on Thursday, May 10th for an all-day advanced doula workshop. And I am so very much looking forward to it. This advanced workshop is called Rethinking Prenatals to Support Physiology and Promote Birth Ownership. And it will help you look at how you talk to your clients about birth in a completely different way by exploring a new birth model that stops focusing on stages and stations and centimeters, because really the body doesn't care about that. After this workshop, I am certain that you'll be able to help birthing couples really understand what they can be doing now during pregnancy to make labor flow and really own their own births. There is so much good stuff in this workshop. I can't but. I get so excited, like I want everybody to take it. Even if you're a seasoned doula, you don't want to miss it. I've had doulas that have been practicing for over 40 years take the workshop and tell me how much they've gotten out of it. It really is a game changer. I know that I can like tell you that so much, but trust me on this one. Just come, go to com slash workshops to learn more and register. The early bird price ends April 16th. So go register right now before you forget birthful.com slash workshops and let's spend the whole day just talking birthy stuff. How fantastic. All right. Today, we are going to be talking about motherhood myths with Tracy Kutchlow, author of the international bestseller Zero to Five, 70 Essential Parenting Tips Based on Science. You'll find that the first couple of myths that we talk about are fairly straightforward, but then we get into truly deeper ones that probably require a deeper mindset shift in order to be busted. So, Yeah. We'll go deeper and deeper as we go. Tracy, welcome. Lovely to have you here today.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you.
0: Yeah, and... You know, this list, I love that we're going to be talking about the 10 myths of motherhood and not that there's only 10, right? But, you know,
1: we'll just keep <laughs> right. it at
0: 10 for now.
1: Um, let's just keep it there. <laughs>
0: yeah, 10's enough. Um that so we're just going to go down one by one, but before we do that, can you tell share a little bit about yourself? Tell us about the things that you're doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um well, I'm the author of the book Zero to Five, 70 Essential Parenting Tips Based on Science. And uh, one reason that came about was um, just the shock of new motherhood for me. It was a pretty tough transition. And um, I thought, why didn't anyone prepare me for this? (laughs) Of course, you can't be entirely prepared. But um, I felt like uh, if I could just help one more person feel like they knew a little bit more about what was going to go on um, after the birth, then that would be worth it. So, Absolutely. No, I love all resources that help
0: parents with that postpartum period because it's such a shock to, it is a shock. It's such an immense transformation. There's no way to prepare. You can only kind of be ready, but it's just like, you know, you know know exactly what's going to happen. Um, But definitely, you the more information you know, then the, the more tools in your box, then the better you can deal with it.
1: I think so. I mean, for me, it was um, focusing so much on that one day of the birth, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then realizing later that there were some other things I needed to know.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I'm in a crusade to help parents prepare for life for the baby, not just prepare for a birth, which is kind of what we end up doing. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. And so it's a perfect, perfect, perfect that we're talking about these 10 myths of of motherhood. And so let's go down the list. What's myth number 10?
1: Let's do it. Myth number 10, breastfeeding just happens naturally. (laughs) Now I know, I know that it can I know that it does um but for some of us it's it's uh it's not quite so easy and I remember um oh my goodness i I had a c section my milk wasn't coming in. we ended up on this supplemental nursing system. it was uh such a tough time, and I remember this going into uh, the lactation consultant, you know where you they um, they weigh your baby before you breastfeed and then after and see how much milk they're getting. Mm-hmm. So we did that, and um, you know I breastfed her for 20 minutes and then put her back on the scale, and and it was negative. Like she <laughs> lost she, weight.
0: She had lost weight. Oh.
1: How did you oh feel God. with that? <laughs> oh, it just, uh, well, it wasn't too surprising, but it was, it was, it was really tough, you know? Absolutely. And I I remember feeling like, ah, if somebody had just come to my house and shown me what to do instead of... You know, like the hospital can send you home with this 32-point brochure that talks about the angle of the baby and their mouth and their tongue, and I just, it was just too much. And um, I thought about how in other places around the world, you're not really sent home with just a brochure. You know, your family descends on you and and feeds you and brings you water and cleans your house and and you're not supposed to do anything but recover. And um, I thought, oh my goodness, I think they know something we don't know,
0: right? <laughs> and even, I mean, within our systems, if you look, I think in, in I think it's in in the Netherlands. Um, every most everybody gives birth unless you're high risk. You give birth at home, and then every day for the first ten days a a nurse comes to your house just to check into with you and see how you're doing and there's a book that they give you about those first 10 days and like so much support so yeah this myth that breastfeeding will come naturally it is very natural but it's a process Mm -hmm. just like you know walking Mm -hmm. is natural but none of us were born knowing how to walk um so it is exactly yeah. It's a very learning process for for both of you, baby and 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 the breastfeeding parent.
1: Yes, and to know that um you know where where to get help and, and that you can get through it, that um it might be painful, but there it it you know, you can make it work. Um to the extent that that you're able with that support, just knowing that you need that support and that you can get it, yeah,
0: no, that's a great point, so I think that we the three things we came upon with that was you know, learn as much as you can ahead of time and if you can see it even better, know that it's going to take some time and determination that it just usually isn't just going to click and knowing that that's normal, and then get late like if you can ahead of time find out your resources that can be support, like whether it's lactation consultants or whatever, um, friends that have breastfed to help you, you know, go through the path and, and, and go over those obstacles knowing, and somebody to reassure you and encourage you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So then what do we have for the second myth? I'm going to go down backward here. Number nine. Number nine. All you need is the right gear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think you know when you when you are getting ready for your for the birth, you walk into these stores and and the things that you see are are you know adorable little baby shoes and really soft blankets and and the car seats and all of that and um, you get this impression that all you need is stuff which of course is really useful um but it's but it's i feel like what you beyond that you really need to think about becoming a parent what you need for the parenting and um I don't know, in a lot of the big box stores, there's like six parenting books stuck over in the corner or something, and and you just get the sense that it's the stuff that you need. Yeah. And yeah, the myth is that it's not just about
0: that. Oh, and there's so much out there that's overwhelming. Like I remember the the first time I stepped into a big box store for babies, I, I walked in, I walked for about five minutes, and then I walked out. And had to like Mm -hmm. catch my breath and try like Mm -hmm. I couldn't take it all at one sitting because there's so much that
1: you think you need so much right and so little of it that you actually need
0: (laughs) yes so very little um and I'll link to the show notes to a great episode I did in the past about minimalist registry but um oh I would love that yeah and I think it was her I'm, I'm getting my episodes confused so many but um there was one where you know this person I was interviewing was from the south and the tradition there is they have a few weeks after the baby's born what they call a sip and see so Mm -hmm. instead of a only a baby shower or instead of a baby shower they have the sip and see a few weeks after where the family can come and you know, sip some tea and meet the baby. And it's there that there's a registry created for that. So after you've lived with the baby for a bit, you figure out what, oh, we need this, not that, or, you know, we should change this. And so you get not like a second registry, but like a more robust and Mm -hmm. helpful, you know, (laughs) bunch of gear.
1: Right. This leads right into number eight, that baby shower gifts should focus on gear. I, it's so funny because, yeah, you're the new parent. You have no idea what you need. And then probably a bunch of your friends haven't had kids and they have no idea. <laughs> so you end up with with all this, you know, like 10 receiving blankets and all of this. Yeah. Yeah. So many blankets.
0: What between um, the, blankets and onesies? What is it? With those two.
1: Oh my god. It so, is. Yeah. I love the idea of um I love the idea that you just talked about, and I also love the idea of instead of um instead of the the gear to make the baby shower about a community um Making meals that you could that you could freeze, like that, your friends would bring meals, frozen meals as the gifts, or maybe you would have the whole shower be about getting together and chopping and laughing and cooking and making those meals.
0: Mm. Yes, I I do appreciate like baby shower items that are. That are helpful in that sense, that are more experiences like postpartum doula hours or a cleaning service or mm-hmm. even, you know, a fund towards your birth doula or lactation consultants or, you know, if somebody's really, really your close friend, <laughs> this is my challenge. If you're really, really a close friend, <laughs> Give her some, like a gift certificate to some pelvic PT. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Right. Things that people don't know they're going to really appreciate.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Or a massage. More than a a baby wipe warmer. Come on.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yes. Absolutely. So we didn't label
0: it particularly, but can you repeat what the myth number eight was?
1: Baby shower gifts should focus only on gear.
0: Yeah, that is a myth. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. We're completely,
0: mm-hmm. we're 95, I'm 95% against that. It should be all experiences and maybe some gear. I like the sip
1: and see idea. Oh, I love that. Yes. When you know what you need. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so what is, do you have anything Number else to seven. say?
0: Yeah, myth seven.
1: That's seven. It won't take long to find the new normal. I think um... yeah, I laugh
0: so <laughs> bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, the new normal. Um, the new my normal. daughter just turned
1: 13. We're still finding there's always a new normal. <laughs> oh, so true. And I think new parents imagine that it might just take like a few weeks or a few months. Um. But when researchers talk about the transition to parenthood—that's what they call it—they um, see it as lasting a year, and I feel like you know, knowing that, having that expectation that you're going to be working through a lot about caring for your child, caring for yourself, what it means in your relationship, um, giving yourself that space and time. time. Is really important
0: hugely important and I say you know I would think like a year is still falling short because yeah then yeah you're still at that state like a one-year-old is starting to walk can't really talk yet like it can
1: be it can be frustrating um oh for sure <laughs> Sure, yeah, every age has you know its completely different stage and phase mm-hmm. for sure, yeah, yeah,
0: no, but i th- but I definitely appreciate that 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 knowing that it's not a couple we're not talking weeks, we're talking months or years to to find your new stride and and decide it's ever evolving, right, that identity,
1: mhm, yeah, yeah, at first, you you set aside so much of yourself you know and it takes some time you have to figure out which pieces of yourself you're gonna pick back up again and and how and yeah there's really a lot to it so so intricate now tracy before we get
0: into the next myth let's take a quick break and we'll be right back mighty ones how are your feet doing right now It's not uncommon to feel leg and foot pain during pregnancy as weight increase and swelling puts more pressure on your feet, knees, and ankles. That can create a lot of pain, but that doesn't mean you can't do something about it. One of the things that can help are the specially designed Mommy Steps Maternity Insoles. These insoles give your arc some really good support as they cradle your foot to alleviate pain caused by these structural changes. Something that's unique about these Mommy Steps Maternity Insoles is that they are moldable to your own feet for a perfect fit. Also, you can remold them up to three times so they can adapt to your changing body through pregnancy and even into postpartum. I have two pair, and even though I'm not pregnant, I still really felt the difference in the support after I molded them compared to when I tried them right out of the box, even though they were supported then too. And I, it's been wonderful feeling the change in, my, in how my feet are in my shoes. By the way, molding them is a super simple process where you heat them up, a bit in your oven, then put them in your shoes and step into them for a few minutes as the insoles cool. They have two insole styles, one for athletic shoes and another one for dress shoes or flats, so you can be comfortable and help prevent foot issues during pregnancy in any of your shoes. Mommy Step Maternity Insoles is offering Birthful listeners a special 20% off. Just use the code birthful on checkout at maternityinsoles.com. That's maternityinsoles.com. And we're back talking about the myths of motherhood or of becoming a parent. So Tracy, Tracy, what do we have next on the list?
1: Number six, a baby will bring only joy to your marriage. Yeah, tell me more. Uh. <laughs> well, you know, I think a baby a baby amplifies the qualities that are already in your marriage. Um, just like. A baby expands the whole range of your own feelings, your, your own emotional range. Um, and I think about why, so the studies show that for most couples, for two and three couples, the satisfaction with their marriage goes down when they have a baby and that it actually doesn't come back until your kids leave the house. (laughs) That was two out of three. (laughs) That That's two and three, about, yeah. which, yeah, 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 yeah. But that also means there's one in three who have some good ideas about, about uh, what to do here. So, what does the, um, do you know what that one in three is doing differently? <laughs> yeah, there. Um, yeah, this comes from John Gottman's work um, at the Love Lab at the University of Washington. Mm-hmm. He talks about. That couples are choosing empathy as their first reaction to the situation. Um, the way that they deal with conflicts is is lovingly. Um, it's not that there aren't any, but it's the way that they approach the conflict. Um, they also share the chores more equally. You know, just the cascade of work that comes with a new baby. Um, And they, they have built a support network. Mm
0: -hmm. So I think,
1: yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah. On the support network, I feel like um, that is really key that, that you, you might have to work at that. Um, You know, if you don't have family around, if your friends don't have kids, um, if you're used to interacting with people online, you really need to put in the work to meet other new parents and um, neighbors and really look for that support and accept it. And Um, I
0: think a lot of the trick is that, accepting it. Like mm -hmm. that's half the work, being in a place where you will accept joyfully without guilt that somebody's like cleaning your bathroom.
1: <laughs> it can be hard, but yes. Yeah. And that, yeah. Yeah. And that you don't have to clean your bathroom for them to come over. <laughs> right. And I think that yeah.
0: I I it, then, funny, I
1: think I even have a harder time with that one. <laughs> I know, I know. And I think for some of us uh, perfectionists, <clears throat> um, it can be hard to accept help from your spouse as well, your partner, um, if they're not going to do things the way that you would. And, and I really encourage people to let go of that as well. And you know what? That's really a a great
0: lifelong lesson Mm-hmm. in that we are tons of people on this planet and we all do things a little differently and just because I like the way things I like them doesn't mean that that's the way to do it but mm-hmm. if I become so rigid that I just have to have everything just so the pile the work is just going to pile up forever and yeah. And all be on you, yeah. All on you, and people, and are, you're also telling the people around you the message that they are not capable, so they'll yeah. try less.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And you'll get less help. So you know, even with the 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 relationship of like how your partner might care for your baby, it, step away. Let them figure out how their relationship is gonna be. Yes. Yeah. Um. And when you were talking yeah. about the sharing the chores more equally, one of the things, one of the concepts that was kind of new to me in the past few years, and when it, it wasn't that the, con- so the naming of it, the words for it was new. The concept was, wasn't, was I've lived with it for years, but it's the con- mm-hmm. the naming of the concept of the mental load.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you know about the mental load? Yes, that is.
0: Would you explain so it? Would you explain it, please? <laughs>
1: Mental load is, um, it, hmm, it's kind of the, the burden of, um, being responsible for everything about managing the household and, and how you keep the details of your tracking every little thing, um, um, paying attention to what's, what's messy about the house, uh, when the insurance needs to be paid, um, that you need to plan, uh, this activity for your child and then pay for that. And, um, and then you pay attention to, okay, this, uh, we're running low on toilet paper next time at the store. I'm gonna. all of these things are just constantly in the back of your mind. And there is, uh, like a processing load to that yeah
0: absolutely
1: yeah so that it like takes your mental energy it, yeah. do-
0: it it is like if if you were not in the house if you were doing a project at work that is a completely individual job called project manager and that right. person doesn't also do the pro- the stuff they just manage it so yes. when splitting chores and balancing things out you know can you split that role the, the mental load as well or is it that then, you know, if you're taking on the mental load, you shouldn't then have to clean the toilets and do the laundry and get the, the shop, you know, do the grocery shopping on top of it.
1: Like Absolutely. Give, under, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's the invisible part. It's um it's it's something that the the partner often doesn't see happening. And even the the person um, uh, usually the mother who's who's has the mental load doesn't even realize it the extent of it and um and so it's one reason I think that the other person can come home and and you and neither of you really knows what you did all day. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just it's invisible, and it's really important to start to make that visible. think about that. how can you share it? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Have you seen those memes where you have like the usually and, and, you know, they're in the binary. So it's usually the woman's like, mom, before going to bed, picked up three socks, did a little laundry, you know, put things away on the way upstairs, did, the, picked up some books, and like half an hour later got to sleep. And then it's like, dad on the way to sleep, goes to sleep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And, totally. <laughs> yeah. And I don't
0: mean to like be, you know, the generalized sexes, but,
1: but it tends, <laughs> but there's a lot of that, right? That is the breakdown. That is still the breakdown, even if both uh, parents are working outside the home. So I think it's my book actually has like a chore list where people can check which ones I do, which ones you do. Is this balanced? How can we balance this? Because it's still true. Um, even though. Partners are helping out more but most of the load still falls uh, to the mother.
0: Yeah. And I think it stems naturally from the fact that when you have a baby, the baby does kind of require mom or breastfeeding parent more, right? Just there's Mm -hmm. more of a symbiotic, grew in your body, came out on your, you know, if you're breastfeeding, then there's more feeding. Usually moms will go back to work afterwards. Um, partners Mm. go home first, I'll go to work first. So there is that already a pull towards that person that's with the baby most being on top of, Oh, baby needs more diapers, baby outgrew their shoes. So we need to buy a bigger size and clothes or has a sniffle. Mm -hmm. You got to call the doctor. Like
1: it leans that way already. Yeah. Yeah it does and i and i think um what you said about splitting the the project management and the execution um is a great way to think of it yeah because it does um you know respect that that one person might be it might be easier for them to figure out certain certain things that need to be done yeah um,
0: and I like you know, to check your checklist of just putting it on the table, putting everything on the table and looking at it and going like, "Look oh, at it. Yeah, you know, shoot. I didn't realize this was such an
1: enormous mound.: um, Yeah. yeah. And I think Well, and the funny thing is, research shows that, that both partners think that, um, that they're doing a great job and that well, that they're doing more and that the other person is doing less. <laughs> so so it is helpful to just put it out there on the page and look at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, balance it out. We've started doing weekly meetings. They don't happen weekly. Nice. We call yeah. them <laughs> weekly meetings. They don't happen weekly. But where we kind of took all the stuff and put it on the table and then we tried to split it between the three of us cuz my daughter's old enough. And, Mm -hmm. and make a chart like who's who has to do what when and be accountable for it. And having your daughter be like, I did my thing. When are you doing yours? That's super powerful.
1: (laughs) Uh, And it shows you did good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. And you're like helping her out for future helping your kids for their future relationships of already knowing how to split that stuff on the table.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> um, cause I think, yeah, you, oh
0: yeah, yeah no, go, go ahead, ahead.
1: Go ahead. Well, I was just thinking about like, why is it so, uh, why is it such a difference when you have a baby, um, the relationship with your partner? And I was thinking about how before you have the baby, you, you kind of actually have your separate lives. Like, you know, you're You talk, you're there for each other, but you have not ever had to work together on like a grueling project 24-7 where the other person has to have your back 100%. You know, that kind of true teamwork. This is probably the first time that you're really doing that. And um, maybe, you know, communication skills can be tough. And so it's really... A learning process of of how to become a team.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, and 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 not only how to become a team, but like figuring out how to fulfill each other's needs. Not like let make sure everybody's getting what they need to an extent, and knowing that everybody's had a, has a hard time. So I love mm-hmm. one of the things that um, I had Carrie Conti on the show uh, at one point, and Carrie said. Whenever you come together at the end of the day, whether it's one of you's gone back from work, um, coming back, and you know, like that five o'clock when one's coming home exhausted from work, and the other one's like, "I've been with this kid all day. Here, take it." (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That little moment of explosion. Take five minutes Uh and just look at each other's eyes and just go like, "What do you need?" and listen, and then ask the other, "What do you need?" and listen, and then figure out how you can balance those things or what to you know, how to approach those mm-hmm. needs. But even just connecting and saying, like, what do you need? What do you need?
1: I love it. Yeah, that's that's really beautiful.
0: And and just Ugh. a shift in how you approach things, right? Just like just shifting your mentality of we're on the same page together and here for each other rather than you didn't. It's your turn.
1: <laughs> it's your turn yep. to get up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, exactly, yeah. yeah.
0: Hey, um, what, just give me the name of the next myth. What is the name of it?
1: The name of myth number five is, you should rush back to work as soon as possible.
0: Okay, so we're gonna take a <laughs> break, and when we come back, you'll get the answer to that myth. We'll be right back. Mother's Day is coming up, so if you're looking for a fabulous gift, let Bump Boxes help you treat an expectant mom in your life to a gift she'll truly love. Bump Boxes is the number one monthly pregnancy subscription service and a trusted resource to moms everywhere. Each box is tailored to the mom's due date to give a more personal experience, and the products are curated to make her life easier at each stage of the pregnancy. At Bump Boxes, they've treated hundreds of thousands of moms everywhere to a fun, pampering experience. Each box contains full-size, safe, and healthy products carefully selected and vetted by moms for moms so they can feel confident about the products they use. And signing up is made easy as moms can begin their Bump Boxes subscription at any time during pregnancy and go up to baby's third birthday. Birthful listeners, now you can join in the fun of Bump Boxes by receiving 35% off your first box in a subscription with code BIRTHFUL at BumpBoxes.com. That's BumpBoxes.com and use the code BIRTHFUL to receive 35% off your first box in a subscription. Bump Boxes, when you're expecting, they deliver. And we're back uh, talking about the motherhood, the myths of motherhood. And um, Tracy, we're at number five. Remind us
1: what that is. Myth number five, you should rush back to work as soon as possible. No. Ah. <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> well, I remember this. Um, you know, you're pregnant, you're just starting to show, you haven't told anybody yet, you're sitting at work, you're thinking about all the work you have left to do and how much your team relies on you, and you're kind of sure your boss is going to be disappointed even though they're congratulating you, and, and you kind of have to work up the nerve to have this conversation, and I think it's, it's easy to blurt out, like, I will be back as soon as possible. And I just want to caution people against saying that because you really can't know how much time you'll need to heal, um, to recover and, or, or predict how you will feel about work, um, if you have that option. And so I think if you can leave it open and schedule a check-in partway through your leave, um, just give you just give yourself that space if you can Mm. and I think we, we we're still in this former identity um and and we kind of want to think like oh this having a baby isn't going to cause too much of a hiccup in my career you know um and the focus is just still on getting back to work and I and and I think that's A cultural problem I mean you know there's like four states right now that have paid parental leave Uh, the 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 community support is not really there for taking that time Um, no
0: we're definitely lagging very far behind in in the rest of the world and how much we appreciate our new families
1: yeah so you kind of have to push for it yourself if you can and I just want to encourage people to do that. And I really like that idea
0: of former identity. Like you're making these choices all from that former identity state, your pre-baby state, your still mm-hmm. pregnant state. Mm-hmm. And that is a very different identity from who you will be after you have the baby. And I know that sounds like, ca, oh, come on, really, how different is it going to be? It's going to be completely different. <laughs>
1: you, and, in gonna, ways you have yeah. no idea right right that's the thing you have no idea you might <laughs> you might be rushing back to work as fast as you can because you missed that but but you might not and just you know leaving that option for yourself
0: yeah 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 making sure that the your actual postpartum self has a say on that on when you go back to work rather than a promise that you made when When you didn't know better, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. like the flexibility, yes, yes, now, what if you don't have the option to take as much time as you'd like, and you know we talked earlier about how it takes a year to get find mm-hmm. your new normal uh you know at the very mm-hmm. least, so what if you have to go back to work within the first few weeks, what is there? Uh, do you have any, any recommendations on how to do that? Sort of to try to balance the, that, this need.
1: Well, actually one, I think a lot of it is about getting the support that you, that you need. Um, You know, you, you will be figuring so many things out and just, If you can get, um, if you can line up friends, if you can line up family, um, it's really about that uh, um, awareness that you're going to need support as well.
0: Mm. And, And maybe even lower your bar even more. When you when you go back to work, in terms of your perfectionism and, and that mental load, and what needs to be done.
1: Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> yes. Go. <laughs> A good mantra is "good enough." <laughs> yes,
0: absolutely. Um, and I also like the idea of if you can finagle this, like go back to work. Not all at once, not drastically, but sort of like a slow ramp up back to work.
1: Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. There, employers are are becoming a little more flexible about things like that. Not depending on your industry. Um, basically, whatever you can make work. Yeah. But have that conversation. You know, don't um. Don't put them entirely first the company and
0: also it's a great um great practice on setting boundaries and and establishing your new boundaries which is really hard to do
1: yes absolutely a company will take as much as you give them so it's really up to you to um to set those boundaries and to hold them Mm -hmm. Um, go ahead
0: no go ahead I was going to move on to myth number the next myth but
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's related. Uh myth number four, that you don't need to save money before having a baby. Um, I think if you if you have a little pot, you know, that can that can help you take more time um than you might otherwise have have gotten. Um mm-hmm. I used to be a I used to be a personal finance editor at MSN Money and we would always run this this headline the true cost of raising a kid through age 18 and uh i think now it's up to two hundred and sixty thousand dollars and the story runs every year and it gets good traffic and but well yeah <laughs> as a parent you can't it's do alarming. anything like alarming right exactly. it's alarming it's alarming you're not going to save up that much money you just ignore it but i want <laughs> i want to encourage people to save up something um a few thousand dollars if you can, the way that people save up for a wedding or for a car or for a house. Um, Because it is very helpful to have that for your first three months. It might be money you can use to extend your leave at work. It might extend your partner's leave. You um, could hire a postpartum doula, help with cooking, help with cleaning. Even if all of that is taken care of, you're eventually going to want to leave the house. So a babysitting fund is nice. (laughs) Um, I think it's worth a little financial planning.
0: And not to consider these things as luxuries.
1: Exactly. Yes. These are needs. (sighs) These are needs. These are needs. And if you have saved that money, then you better use it. (laughs) Because I don't know what it is. As soon as your baby comes, so many of us think, "All right, I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to do all of this, and I'm supposed to do it all by myself."
0: And yeah, we do. I mean, we say here on this show so many times that that's not the case. That we're just our culture and biology needs are at a dissonance. That <laughs> mm-hmm. our evolution has not caught up with our crazy lives. And no, we should be having you know parenting is with a village as cliche as that is
1: get the village (laughs) get it before you get a bigger car or a different house or buy all that baby gear that you don't actually need (laughs) right
0: right yeah 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 get some like cooking like food help or babysitting help or extended leaves like somebody that will allow you to sleep in a few more hours to set it up so you can sleep more it it It'll help your recovery, and so you'll have a better time afterwards.
1: Ah, uh, it'll make such a huge difference.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Well, that leads well into myth number three that only baby needs to be taken care of. Uh huh. <laughs> no, again, no, no, no. As a new mother, I mean, think about everything that just happens with your body all of the all of the energy that it takes to feed another human being and focus every minute of your attention on them and it's like learning to speak and read and write in this entirely different language and you've got you know like four hours of sleep and this 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 new mother, this person needs to be taken care of too. Not like, not figuring all that stuff out and cleaning and cooking and exercising and emailing and working and just someone to bring you food and water and a shoulder to cry on. And, um, I remember the most useful thing that we learned in our, uh, our birth education class was, The mother feeds the baby and sleeps. The partner does everything else. (laughs) I don't, I mean, I don't, I honestly don't think we would have thought about that if she hadn't, if our teacher hadn't said it. Yeah. And then you have these, you know, if you look at
0: cultures throughout the the world, you have in different places for millennia, the concept of, you know, the quarantine in Latin America or uh, or Central America, or you have the golden moon in China or you know through Southeast Asia you have all these sacred time periods for about 30 yeah. to 40 days after baby is born where mom does nothing but yeah. feed the baby and sleep
1: any good food that's just right that's just incredible and I think the more that we can create that for ourselves I mean it takes a lot of work to set that up but I think that's that's what we have to do if we can, and you know, it doesn't have to be. Um, it doesn't all have to be professionals that you're paying. If you can, if you don't have that that money, you know, get your friends together, get your family, and really explain what what the job description is here, like changing diapers, doing the laundry, cooking, noticing what needs to be done, not judging you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, creating that, recreating that 40 days as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Even though, even though it's really swimming against the tide and I'll in, set, in this country,
0: absolutely. And I'll set in the um, show notes also some links to other episodes that I've done with ideas on how to do that, how to set up your postpartum care. Um, and there's you know, several people have come on to talk about that. But there's one person and I'm like, I'm blanking on her name. And I feel awful about it. Because I'm like, I should go Google it. What is it? Um, (laughs) I feel so bad. But it's basically seven sisters postpartum care. And the basic idea is you take seven friends, and you're there for each other. And each one takes one day and just comes for a couple of hours.
1: Yeah. Yeah
0: and you just rotate your people like there is there are many creative ways to come close to this ideal support right it's not culturally ingrained in us so it's it, you, you got to play with it but to to come as close as you can to that
1: situation yep yeah and i think if you can um if you can also add into that Support from a postpartum doula that would be amazing as well because they can really help you, um, you know, process some of the changes and and show you some things about breastfeeding and. Um, but yes. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of I difference. love this idea of seven sisters. Isn't it
0: lovely? Yeah. Um, and and the difference sort of between a postpartum doula and like a baby nurse is that the postpartum doula's job is to help your family integrate. So she's not there just to care for the baby. Mm-hmm. She's there to make sure you're doing okay as well. And to, you know, she'll take care of, ba- of baby, but actually through supporting you. Mm-hmm. It's not. She's not there to care for baby. She's there really to care for you. Um, and in so doing helps you care of, for baby or helps you have time to take a nap while she holds the baby. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is invaluable. So good. So good. Invaluable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what do we yeah. have for myth number two? I can't believe we're down to two already.
1: <laughs> We've kind of already talked about this, but myth number two, I should be able to do it alone. I, this goes back to what we were saying about um, once you have found, found a support network to actually accept the help. Um, you know, people... People will say things like, I would love to come watch your baby, and then you kind of I don't know, wait for them to offer again or something. Um I think I think just like in that moment, be like, ah, one time regularly, Thursday at two, like <laughs> pin it down. Pin yes. it down.
0: Yes. <laughs> like like you would a coffee date.
1: Mm -hmm. you know you get out your planner you go like so what time's good for you (laughs) yes yeah and and don't be afraid like that your house has to look good or that your baby can't cry while um someone else is watching them or you know that things have to be that you have to set things up perfectly for the other person just let go of that and 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 it you do have to practice speaking up for what you need because other people don't really know what you need. Oh my gosh. I remember after I had a baby, I was just devastated by the lack of support that I had given a friend of mine who had had a baby before that. I just didn't know. I didn't know. Um, So if your friends haven't had kids, then you have to speak up and say what you need. Because they, they love you. They want to help you. Yeah.
0: And sometimes the, the help can be just come come over for a bit or even on the phone and listen to me. Just listen. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me it's going to be okay. Don't, don't fix it. Just listen. Let me yes. get it out.
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: Mm. I always say that this whole idea of like that we're super women, that we're super, you know, can do it all and slay things before breakfast, that that's mm. one of the things that's most hurting us and that we it's a trap that's letting us down. And we really have to like, it's so hard to let go because we've heard these things since we were kids, since whatever we can remember of you can do anything you want, you can do it all and every. And that's actually not realistic that I think it requires a lot of bravery and a lot of strength to say, you know what? No, I can't do it all. And I'm actually going to have somebody come here and just sit with baby while I shower. <laughs> because it's important to me to feel clean. Like it doesn't, we're not saying like just be slobs or like let everything go. We're just saying balance it out with
1: what's important. It's yeah. And it's not just, I can't do it all, but it's not preferable to do it all. Yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't have to do it I want my all. people around me. I don't have to do it all. Yeah. Better together. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs>
0: All the things, right? If you wanna go fast, go alone. If you're gonna wanna go well, go do it. Do it uh, together. Um But then but then oh, that's a great point because part of the integration of your new identity and what you're going through does require along with introspection, it requires some witnessing. Like it's important to have that, that other person
1: there seeing you. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that can be hard. You are at your most vulnerable. Your house is a mess. You're probably half naked. You're hurting. You're crying. I mean, it's not pretty. and Super glamorous. um, What are you talking about? (laughs) I guess that was just me. No, no. I am being – no, it's anything but glamorous. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm teasing. Um, Yeah, so that can be hard, but – but your your people can handle it, and it's it's humbling, and it's a beautiful thing to accept that support and feel supported like that.
0: Mm. Yeah, it, and it makes you it, it does bring everybody closer. Like it does yeah. fill your cup to have mm-hmm. that support um, more than being all a, like doing it all and being alone, and ha- you, you know, like when you do it all, but if you're alone, you still feel
1: mm. a little hollow inside. Maybe. Absolutely. I mean, just saying that sounds awful. Like, why would we think that was the like, way to do it? But
0: we do. Oh, I was there. Right, I did it. Right. I like, you know.
1: And I know. It's it, in
0: your head. It's in your head. And it was awful. And plus, you feel completely incompetent when right. you're a new mom because Unfortunately, all the skills <laughs> that we value logic, you know e- e- organization, um producing getting for, things done, for, yes, getting things done like all those marvelous skills that we do so well, those are not the skills that need to be used when having a baby and parenting. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole new set of skills that you haven't practiced. So you, on top of everything, you're like, well, not only are you not able to do it all, but you're trying as hard as you can and you're not like you're failing.
1: at it. Totally failing. Totally
0: failing. And you're like, why am I failing? I don't fail. What is going on here? Oh my God. Uh, Just ask for help. Know that it's okay. You don't have to do it. All right. What? and then we get to our oh. final myth
1: what what do we have <laughs> oh myth number one I can't change the way things are all of that sounds so nice but I can't make that happen I think we we need to stand up we need to speak up we need to just you know say all the stuff that we've been saying speak up about, parental leave, flexible hours at work, offer, act as postpartum doulas for our friends, see pregnant women and say, do you have your seven sisters? Like, you know, make sure people have the support that they need for the first 40 days and um, just spread this message basically because no matter how big or small, there's something that, that each one of us can do to change this picture. So
0: much. Yes. Yes. And I, I, I do see things shifting and I am so encouraged because I, I see and hear more and more people sharing this message, you know, ourselves included. Um, mm-hmm. And it like awareness and being able to name the things are like the first step but yeah. from there, I think well, I think we're definitely there and then change will, will start to snowball is what I'm envisioning.
1: I like that vision.
0: Mm. <laughs> let's, let's all let's be do part it. of that snowball. Done. <laughs> so one of the ways that you are shouting things to the hills is through your book, right? Tell us a little <laughs> bit about your book.
1: Yeah. Um, my book is really... Um, for what happens after you've figured out how to keep your baby alive. (laughs) When, when you, when you get to that moment where you look around and and you think, Oh, my baby is fed and clean, you know, changed and, um, happy and just looking up at me going, Hey, what are we going to do now? (laughs) That was the moment I realized, um, I don't know what what like I get to see the whole rest of the years playing out that this was um no longer this kind of survival game but now it was time to learn how to be a parent what that meant to me what what my approach and philosophy was going to be um how I was going to parent and so the book is partly a guide for helping people figure that out for themselves it's um it's a collection really of what what um, research says is most effective for parenting ways of of playing with our kids talking with our kids um all sorts of interactions but really how how we can apply that research in a practical way as parents. Um, for example, you've probably heard of this idea that um, that we should talk to our kids, our babies, a lot, and I think it's something like twelve hundred words an hour or something. Um, when I saw that in the research, I just I thought, what What does that really mean? So in my book, I I don't just offer that research, but I dig into it and say, I tried this out. Like, okay, actually, that's about 15 minutes of talking over an hour. Um, parents are not talking about the theory of relativity. They're, you know, saying these simple four-word sentences like, like oh... Uh, what a beautiful day or look at your shoes, you know, and, um, yeah, just like narrating your day, narrating the day. Um, and I cover in the book sleep and feeding and even weekly family meetings, like everything you need up through age five, everything that, that I wanted to know about, um, i I edited the the book Brain Rules for Baby, and so I kind of started from this brain development um approach, but then, as I was thinking about what do I want to know about what are my friends talking about um I expanded it to cover the the sleep and the and the feeding and so it's it's a pretty comprehensive book, but um but really simplified in that it's just one topic per page, like one tip per page, pretty photos. It's very friendly, very it accessible, very practical.
0: Very friendly, very practical, very accessible, beautiful. The images are gorgeous and how it's laid out, the font, like it, it is, because v- you think, oh, one more book I'm going to read. No, no, this is like- Exactly. <laughs> it's something made so that you grab it and it actually helps you and you're like, okay, I'm doing this one, just this one thing. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, turn the page and do another one (laughs) the next day. That's fine. Um, And I really appreciate that idea of once you've gone past just that immediate survival and things are kind of falling into place, then this gives you a guide towards the next steps and takes you to like zero to five.
1: Yes. Yes. I know. I just yeah, I had done so much reading before having a baby. And then I couldn't remember any of it, you know, and I wanted this reference. Um, I didn't want to have to go back and I couldn't, I didn't have the mental bandwidth to go back through all those books and find like just the how to, I I just didn't see a book like that. And, um, so this is the book that I, that I wish I'd had and that, um, I think will be so useful for new parents. Absolutely. So, remind us of the name of the book again. Zero to Five: Seventy Essential Parenting Tips Based on Science.
0: Awesome. And if listeners want to connect with other, with more of the stuff that you do, or just you know follow what you're up to, connect with you, how can they do that?
1: Yeah, my website is zero to five dot net. Z e r o t o f i v e, and they so all you can spelled get- out. Zero to five. Spelled out. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Dot net. Yep. Yep. And you can get uh, a sneak peek of the book there. And then I also um, send out blog posts as well. Fantastic.
0: Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing these myths with us. It was tons of fun. So fun to talk with you. Thank you. Mighty ones, I love to hear from you. So share with me your thoughts. And if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Go to birthful.com where you can learn more about me, the show, Patreon member benefits, send me messages and more. I'm also on Facebook or Twitter as at birthful. So come say hi. And if you're near Sunnyvale, Santa Clara, San Jose, or even San Francisco, California, come spend the day with me on May 10th. Go to birthful.com slash workshop where you can learn more and register. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you, the Breathful Patreon supporters, and by the wonderful people at Mommy Steps and Bump Boxes. To best support this podcast, support its sponsors and get discounts while you're at it. Go to maternityinsouls.com and use the code BREATHFUL to receive a listener special of 20% off. And go to bumpboxes.com and use the code BREATHFUL to receive 35% off your first box in a subscription. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin McLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Sabrisky. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. Also, the Birthful Podcast is part of the Parents on Demand network. Find out more at parentsondemand.com. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.